Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. Well, we have a special episode lined up for you today, but first I want to address a few things. I know that this show has been a little bit inconsistent this year, and part of that was addressed earlier in the year, but more recently, some of you have actually noticed that I have had some health challenges. I got shingles in June, and due to my autoimmune issues, I ended up needing to take a medical leave for a few weeks from work. And unfortunately, because I was not here, we had to take a bit of a break in the production schedule of Quilt and Tell. And I am so sorry that you have been missing us and that you haven't had your Quilt and Tell every two weeks like you usually expect. But I want to take this moment to thank all of you who reached out to me on Instagram and sent me notes of encouragement. You have no idea how much that has meant to me. And actually to Ginger and Lori too, because I send it all to them as well. So on today's show, we have a special rerun of one of my favorite shows. I have known Jenny Doan for several years. I'll actually drop an old photo of the two of us from Quilt Market in the show notes. It's from way back in the day. In the photo, Jenny was giving me a lesson on posing. So you look extra cute. And so now you know why we look so good in the photo. Um, And years later, imagine my surprise when Jenny reached out and said that she listened to the show and would like to be a guest. You could have just about floored me. So I think I cleared the schedule just for her since I know she's a busy woman. And um, that was it. I just made room for her as soon as she was available. And since this show aired, uh, her book, How to Stitch an American Dream, came out. If you haven't already read it and you want to hear her backstory in her own words, you will love this book. It tells her real story, starting from when she was a teenager, and I will tell you it is truly inspiring, especially if you're struggling. Uh, It just is a wonderful, wonderful story. It gives you hope. Then stay tuned. We have a special segment brought to you by Handy Quilter. We have Mickey Chapelier on the show. Mickey joins us to discuss using threads in your long arm. Do you have to match weights or stick to the same fiber content? It's an interesting conversation you won't want to miss. So right now, I hope you enjoy this interview with Jenny Doan. Well, today in our open studio segment, we are really kind of excited about today's guest. You all know her as YouTube sensation Jenny Doan, and we are just over the moon that she is joining us on Quilt and Tell. Welcome, Jenny, to the show. Well, thank you. I'm over the moon to talk to real people, so it's very fun for me. (laughs) Are you feeling cooped up? We've all been secluded a little too long, I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> I gotta agree. Um, you know, it's funny because I feel like the world has changed so drastically in such a short period of time. And I imagine that things changed drastically for you because you were jet setting everywhere. It did. And I have to say, I've actually really enjoyed the slowdown. Uh, It's just been so nice to be home and take care of myself and, you know, uh, be able to, I, I love to garden, you know, I'm able to pick up a lot of things that I gave up because I traveled so much. And so I've actually really enjoyed the being able to be home or I guess having, having to be home because I fill my own time up, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, how is the, the town itself doing? Because I know the whole town is involved in what you're doing and everything. So how has that been impacted and what kind of things are they doing? So our town is completely shut down. We, all the stores have been closed oh. since um, February. And the miracle about that for me is that all uh, we haven't had to lay a single person off. We have about 400 oh. employees. Wow. And, um, yeah. wow. We, That's great. They have all, all of our people who worked in town were able to go out into the warehouse and work because things picked up in the warehouse. So we decided that our community was small and we're not your local quilt shop. You know, we're a destination. Mm-hmm. And so we had people coming here from all over the world and it would just take one person um, who came in uh, and brought the, the mm-hmm. COVID with them. And it could wipe out our community. We have a lot of Amish and that sort of thing. And so we decided to err on the side of safety. So the shops have been closed, but our online um, uh, our online business has picked up. So it's filled in the gap mm. and we're able to keep all those people, which to me, just it just feels miraculous, you know, that we yes. were able to mm-hmm. not have to let a single, everybody still has a job and we're able to keep going. So oh, we're looking forward great. to, um, we, you know, we have a, we have a soft opening planned for spring uh, where, you know, a, a grand opening. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work if things, if COVID is still in play. However, I was just in, uh, I was just traveling a little bit. I went to see a granddaughter and we went to Moab, which is also is a little mm-hmm. town. Yeah. And the way they did it was they had, everybody has to wear a mask. It's mandatory. And they had giant bottles of sanitizer when you go in and you come out. And he said it's, their community has remained pretty safe. So I, I think something like that could work, but we're just kind of waiting. We haven't even given a date because we really just want to make sure that things are safe um, uh, for the people who come here and for our community. Oh, that's good. Well, I feel like we're jumping ahead. Like, let's go ahead and go back to the beginning of the story um, about the, you know, how the town kind of became what it is. I feel bad that I jumped ahead for (laughs) anybody who's been living, you know, not on this planet that that might not know your story. Um, I think I think it would be awesome to kind of hear how this all came about. Well, it's a. Um, it's a story I love to tell because it's as surprising to me as it is to everybody else. You know, um, it, um, it was 2008 and the market crashed. My husband lost all his retirement and we started looking for ways to supplement our income. My children had left home. I had done a few odd jobs and, um, but I love to quilt and they decided that they would buy me a quilt machine. And if I just quilted a few quilts for people (laughs) that, you know, we could, I could build us a little nest egg and that would be something I could do. And so we started that. Then Alan decided that um, he wanted us to do me to do tutorials. And my response was, what's a tutorial? (laughs) You know, I had no no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but we started doing it and people were so enthralled. The quilting hadn't made really made the jump online yet. And people were, if they did, it was like hands, you know, you saw some hands and, uh, and, and the fact that there was a face attached to it, I think people kind of um, really liked that I was a real person and willing to kind of share my life and teach them something. And, um, and it's just progressed. And, as we outgrew the space that we were in, you know, we were in, um, you know, when <laughs> it's funny, it's like, and then we brought Jake on to take care of our warehouse, which was the garage, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, every, everybody has those first beginning stories, you know, but we, um, when we outgrew the space that we were in, we decided to make the one block move to main street. And most of our main street was abandoned and closed and boarded up. You know, the buildings were built in the 1800s and, um, and we took one of the buildings on main street and fixed it up. And we opened our shop on main street. We felt like we'd arrived, you know, we had a nice big quilt shop on main street and, um, and we were doing some tutorials online and people started coming and fabric started selling. And, um, one day, uh, Sarah came to me and she said, mom, what fabric do you think we have the most of? And I said, Oh, probably Civil War. And she said, well, I'm going to buy one of these old buildings and we'll fix it up and decorate it and put the Civil War fabric in there. And so um, uh, that started and it was so fun. And it and we so we tried to start buying up all the old buildings that we could, which a lot of them we had to locate the owners because they were, you know, they had been abandoned for so long. And um, we, a lot of them, we literally, uh, I mean, they were built in the 1800s, so they had no floor joists. They had so we literally had to start from the inside out and rebuild them. And um, we started putting every fabric got its own building. So um, we, 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 we had a batik shop and a solid shop and a children's shop and a Christmas shop and a backing shop and a reproduction shop and a floral shop, you know, and we have 13 fabric specific stores now. And, um, and they're all designed and built around that fabric. So like, for instance, the boutique shop, the floor in there, we, we had to pour a new floor, a cement floor, which is mixed with blue dye. So the floor looks like water. And the, the checkout counter is covered with a tile that is like sand and shells. You know, everything is built to, around that fabric to support that fabric. And so it's become a very fun destination for people to come and see uh, all the different shops and that sort of thing. And then they wanted to eat and they wanted to sleep. So we opened a retreat center. <laughs> we had to open some restaurants, you know. <laughs> it's just like it just started kind of snowballing, you know. And, and, uh, um, and you know, it's, it's, I say it's, a, it's a, like Disneyland for middle-aged women, you know. It's like, it's a, it's a, <laughs> Sounds a even better. I've been to, to Disneyland at my age and that. I don't want to go there. I want to go where you are. <laughs> right. I know. I told my husband, I said, I just want to build like a giant swing set that's shaped like a sewing machine and it has like <laughs> swings in the arm and the, the needle part could be the merry-go-round, you know? And nice. I said, can't we have like a slide from the retreat center that goes all the way into the shop, you know? And, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, P I said, I would slide on that slide, you know? <laughs> he's, he's, like, <laughs> he's just looking at me like I'm nuts, but I think it's a great idea. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Right. <laughs> right. Jenny, what was the population before 
And our population now, has remained about the same. I would say it was about um, between uh, probably 15 to 1800. And I think it's still about the same. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a lot of people moving to Hamilton. We have a lot of people visiting Hamilton. Interesting. So how did you get started quilting? Where, did you quilt your whole life? Oh, or so, so no. So I got started clothing sewing. Um, when I, I joined 4-H as a young girl, as a, as a little girl, I was forever making things for my dollies. And I would, my, one of my, um, the most horrific things I ever did as a child is that, um, when I, uh, discovered scissors, you know, I was (laughs) taping things, stapling things. And I, I, um, the fabric I had access to hung in my mother's closet and I would just cut small pieces off of her clothing to make oh little outfits. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm sure she loved that. <laughs> oh, you know what? I can still see her. And I know this has, you know, been dramatized in my brain over the years, but it's like she's standing in the ha- hallway. She's backlit with a flashlight. I can even see her face. <laughs> she's holding up this garment with a hole in it, looking through the hole going, oh, no. you know, <laughs> in my mind, I have this visual. It's probably not that way, but, you know, uh, she was wasn't too happy about it. But then um, they did enroll me into 4-H and I started sewing um, with 4-H and I made all kinds of of, um, fun things. I loved sewing. Sewing was really my love. And then the interesting thing is I was five foot eight in the sixth grade. So um, by the time I was in high school, I was 5'10 and they let us wear pants one day a week. Now, if you are a 5'10 woman, you cannot find pants that Mm-mm. are long enough for you. And so I was so glad that I knew how to sew so that I could make my own pants. And, um, and I, you know, that was when we made like um, pants and they were wide bell bottoms with cuffs and a little seersucker blazer jacket, you know, and we did mm-hmm. all the things. And so I learned how to sew it. And, um, and then I got really involved in musical theater. And so I loved to costume. And I kept the love of costuming and dressed um, all my children alike for many years. You know, once a child gets to be about six foot five, they will no longer wear matching clothing with their siblings. (laughs) That's not right. So I made it till that far? That's that's right. (laughs) No, it's like, no, I'm making you all matching shorts, you know? (laughs) Yeah, they didn't like that after a while. Um, so I, I got into the costuming world, which I dearly loved because it's a whole different way of sewing. Now, as a mom, my whole focus was on, I have a lot of children. I have to learn how to figure out how to do this quickly. And, um, and so I, then costuming is that kind of sewing. It's a quicker, faster kind of sewing. It has to look good from two, you know, from, from, you know, 20 feet out and hold together for two weeks. Um, and I actually was making some quilts at the time, but I didn't know I was. So how that happened was my grandmother, her art was embroidery. And every day she would embroider flowers on a square of denim. Now, it was my job to take all the family's old pants and cut them into squares and give them to my grandmother so that she could sew these flowers on old denim. Every day she'd do them. And I would sew these um, projects together uh, and and literally, I took one apart recently for my mom. She, my mom had one, and she wanted me to change hers up a little bit. And um, I took it apart, and literally, not a single one of them was squared. They were all scissor cut. Uh, they mm-hmm. it was before rotary cutters right. or anything like that. And not, I don't know how it even came together as a quilt because no two blocks were the same size. 
And wow. so it was literally, it was so bizarre to me as, as I took it apart. You were but, um, I was before so- there was improving. <laughs> right. I was sewing those together uh, for my grandmother. I probably made about six or seven queen size quilts uh, out of these embroidered squares. Wow. And, um, and then, uh, and, and it never occurred to me I was quilting. That wasn't really a thing. I was still heavily into musical theater. I was an adult now. I started, I had some children. I started taking them with me to the theater they don't, pe- the theater people don't really like it when you bring children. So I became their <laughs> costumer to endear myself to them even more. And then um, we made our big move from California to the Midwest, um, which is the best thing we ever did. But of course, I went right to our little theater. We have a local little theater here and offered them my sewing services. They said they did one show a year and they didn't need a costumer. But if I really wanted to sew, I should take up quilting. And I looked at them <laughs> and I and I said these words, old people do that. Oh. Because <laughs> I was like 37, you know, 30, mm-hmm. 30 40, 40 years old. And I was like, old people do that. And But I was so desperate to sew that I decided I would take a chance. And so I drove 30 miles to um, where they have a, a, an adult Votech school and took um, Eleanor Burns' Quilton a Day Log Cabin class uh, at this uh, Votech school. Now, this was so fascinating to me um, because we'd make these blocks and sh- the teacher was teaching a class. So she had a way to set them and a way to put them together. And I didn't know anything except her way. So I went home, of course, and I had all these blocks. And I, was, I just looked at them and I'm like, well, what happens if you turn them and a whole new pattern appeared? And I was so mm-hmm. startled. By this discovery, I didn't know there were books of hundreds of ways to lay out a log cabin. You, you, you created it all, you thought. Huh? I did. And I was so amazed. And so I sewed it together. And then I realized that I couldn't go back to class without my blocks. So I made another set of blocks. And so um, literally at the end of the class, everybody was finishing their quilt. And I had made 12 of them. I was so no. stunned Whoa. by the way this, what, oh way this happened. That I just literally, I, I couldn't get over the what happened if factor. And so that you'll notice in a lot of things I do, that's what I do. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, this is the regular block, but what happens if I cut it in two? What do I get? You know, what happens if I add a corner here? What happens if? And so literally that has been my, um, my mantra um, through my quilting thing. So I started sewing with a little a group, a group of women and I joined a little guild and those women taught me so much, and they did not love the way I sewed <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a perfectionist. Um, to me, finished is better than perfect. But um, I, uh, they did not love the way I sewed, but they loved, you know, we enjoyed our time together. And, um, and I do really miss that, you know, the closeness of those little groups. Uh, and so that's kind of how I learned to quilt. And I, I became very obsessed with it because sewing is my go-to. You know, it's, uh, you know how some women clean when they're mad? Not me. I make a whole new outfit. Yeah. <laughs> you still do garment sewing? Uh, I do periodically. You know, it's cheaper to buy clothes now than it is mm-hmm. to make them. Yeah. Yeah. But but what I do that's interesting is that I buy clothing and then I remake it to fit me. And so 
So like I will, um, like I'm bigger on the bottom than I am on the top. So there's always that adjustment. Um, I don't love big sleeves, but a lot big sleeves are in. And so I'm constantly taking the sleeves off of this one and putting them on this one, or I cut the cuffs off and make it a three quarter length and take the sleeve in, you know, I'm constantly, um, adjusting the clothing that I have. If it's summertime and I like this shirt and it's long sleeve, then I cut them off and make short sleeves, you know, that sort of thing. I do do all of my son-in-law's mending. Now my daughter can sew, but he brings his mending to me because he says I do a better job, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I like well, him, so you know. <laughs> yes. Well, and and speaking of kids, you have five kids, right? That's correct. Five. Seven. Seven. You, Holy cow! I was two, two off. How did I miss that? Oh man! So seven I'm kids, not going to, and then yeah, I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> okay, please, please tell them. I'm so sorry. Well, and I think the reason I came to five is because five of them are involved in the business, correct? Yes, five of them are yes. involved. In See, the I knew five was in there somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. is that like having your whole family? I was joking earlier before we uh, started that I, I only have one kid. I was like, I'm, I'm about like four kids short to do what she's doing. <laughs> so to uh, people always ask me, you know, how is it to, to work with your family? And I have, in all honesty, it's the best and the worst thing ever. You know, it's the actually the most amazing, joyful, wonderful thing I've ever done. And it's also the hardest, most intense most uh, frustrating thing, you know, that you do. Um, The thing that is interesting is that long before um, Missouri Star, um, I, I really taught my children how to work out their problems. I would say to them all the time, if you can't learn to get along in your living room, how are you going to learn to get along in the world? And that the most important relationships you're ever going to have are going to be with your siblings. So you need to figure this out. And, um, you know, and it, and if you're fighting over a blanket, a blanket isn't worth your relationship, you know, and so we've had these lessons all along. And so my children have figured out how to work through so much of that stuff that um, uh, there, there, are things, there are places we don't go. There are things we don't talk about. And I have worked very hard to keep my family together. And, um, and, and we've been successful at that, I think. You know. And so on one hand, I get to work with my children every day. And I love that. I adore my children. What is their reaction to all of this? Like, I guess, because I'm, I'm thinking that this probably wasn't in their plan either. So for a long time, my son, Alan, who uh, he's one of the owners of the company, my children own it. We, I mean, I own a small, tiny part of it, but I'm the face of the company, but my children own it. And so Alan is one of the main owners. And for a long time, he was just like, no, it's just a little quilt shop I'm do- doing for my mom. It was like a little side thing for him. And, um, and then it became, it, it, you know, it got big enough that it became a main thing. And I don't think any of my children intended to work in the quilting industry. You know, we have a t-shirt that says, um, I wasn't, I wasn't born to this. It found me or something like <laughs> right? that, you know? And, uh, but so my girls all sew like I do, but the thing is in a company, you need all kinds of people to run your company. So they all get to do what they're good at and they're all different things. So like Natalie is an editor of Block Magazine and she's she loves she loves words and she loves writing and she loves doing that. Hillary gets to write the stories for Block Magazine. Um, uh, uh, Jake is, was over, is over filming and editing and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Sarah's over all the construction that happens in town, you know? And so 
because it takes so many, many people, sometimes I feel like I didn't have enough children because, you know, we could have used <laughs> a few more. <laughs> well, do you have grandkids? Are the grandkids coming up? Are they going to be getting the grandkids? Involved? I do. We do have about four grandchildren that work for us legally. <laughs> no, that, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So two of my grandsons are on the film team and they work, they work over there on the film team. And um, one of my granddaughters is on the sewing team. And then another one works out in the warehouse and, uh, um, and she's a, she, she's cuts out in the warehouse. So we have several, one of them, one of them's in customer service. You know, we have several of them that are doing, um, different things. So that's great. So what do you, what's in store for Missouri star and for you, you know, next year, let's, let's kind of project out even in the next few months of like different things that you're doing to sort of keep people at home entertained and as usual. So, uh, I did my first block of the month this year and, um, actually had time, you know, it's interesting because they're always, they've been after me for years to do a block of the month. And I can remember they're sitting across from my desk and they're like, we want you to do a block of the month. And I looked at them and I said, you are aware that I come out with a quilt every week of my life, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I decided to do a block of the month and that has been so much fun. So I'm currently working on one for next year. You know, we have a we have a, a Facebook group that that joined that, and um, I do a, I, I film them a tutorial, and then I get to go in on the following Thursday after it releases and do a live. And honestly, live is my favorite, hands down. I love, uh, I love the people. I love figuring out, you know, whatever happens, whatever comes up. I love working through those things. I, I, you know, I'm, I just, I'm an open book, so I'll answer any question, you know, that kind of thing. So I really do love the lives. Um, and we're working on another uh, block of the month. I had one kind of ready to go, but then it didn't really float my boat. So I went back to square zero. So I'm kind of in, back in the in the rework stage. And, you know, when you're dealing with having to get a lot of fabric for a block of the month, you can't wait too long on that. So we're, we're kind of mm-hmm. at uh, push time right now. Um, I've got several projects in the works that um, uh, that you know, aren't out there. Uh, Oh, one thing Missouri star did that's very cool is that, you know, we started let's make art, which is a sister company to us. And it's, uh, we did the same thing for watercolor that we did for quilting and, um, where we, you know, they have a teacher who teaches you does a tutorial every week. And, um, uh, and it's, and it's a very cool. One of the reasons we did that was, um, I read the book. Um, what is that? Um, Elizabeth Gilbert book, Big Magic. Mm, I love that book. Have you guys read Big Magic? Yes. One of the things she says in there is that if you lose your creative mojo, you should create out of your element. And so I decided I was going to, I have a friend who watercolors. So I'm like, hey, can can you just come over a day and paint with me? I don't paint. I can't make a stick man. And she's like, that's good (laughs) because we're not going to make any of those. You know? (laughs) And so literally she came over and we painted and I called Al and I said, Al, we should do something with painting. He's like, I'm already on it, mom. So we've been doing (laughs) Let's Make Art. That's been going for a couple of years and it's doing very well. And we recently opened a um, uh, one big happy yarn company. And, um, mm. and I realized that, um, of the quilters, one out of every three of us mm. crosses over into the other fiber arts, yes. you know, we're either knitting or crocheting or embroidering something. We've got to have something for our hands to do. And so we've started this yarn company 
And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, you know. And we also picked up Nancy's notion. So we're working on, you know, while the, all the shops are closed, we're working on um, a new shop for Nancy's notions and uh, a shop for the yarn, you know, the yarn shop as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are some fun things that are kind of in the works uh, for Missouri Star. Nice. So is the yarn company, is that, are you going to do sort of a similar thing to Let's Make Art where there are, you know, knit alongs or crochet alongs? Yes, I think so. So, um, I mean, that's a, it's, it's a successful way to do it. What I, um, of course, I don't, I don't have any say, but I always have lots of opinions, and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and they'll, and they'll ask me my opinions. And I would love to see like, this is a, you know, like several different faces. Like this is a scarf specialist. This is a sock specialist. This mm-hmm. is a, you know, I mean, the, 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 we're doing different things and we're learning different things because I, um, uh, I love to, I could knit one stitch and so I could make scarves. And so one winter I made 37 scarves and that's, <laughs> no woman needs that many scarves. <laughs> so so uh, I decided I wanted to make socks. So I do socks really great, except when I get to the heel. And so I want to just pull up and go, how do I make a heel? How do I, how do I do this heel? I'm up to here, you know? And so I think, I think it would be helpful for me if I had, um, you know, I mean, not necessarily, I don't want to sit through three, three days of making a sock video, but this is how, you know, this is how we, we do this. And now here's your homework, go home and do this many rows until it gets to your foot you know, measure, measure this mm-hmm. area to this area, you know, and then next week we'll do the heel, you know, and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do or how it's going to work, but I, I think that's kind of a, kind of proved itself uh, to be successful. Mm. Yeah, so I be always wanted to, I've always wanted to learn how to knit socks, but I'm afraid that I will, you know, n- need to buy copious amounts of yarn after that happens. Well, the problem is, is that you kind of start buying the yarn and then you feel guilty and you decide you better make something with it. So that's how I'm starting to make socks. And they say most people make one sock. <laughs> 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 and since my children are out of the puppet stage, I need to. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm working on So I'm on curious, that. are there stores... Um, um, for the art and also for the yarn that you guys have built uh, within uh, the town as well, or is there that are to come? Oh, no, there awesome. are. We have a we have a shop for let's make art. We're working on the the, the store for uh, the yarn. We would love this to be a creative community where people can just come and learn things. Like I'd love to have um, a, a potter. I'd love to have a jewelry mm, maker. Nice. You know, I'd I'd love to have. Um, uh, I don't know, you know, just, there's just so many different crafts out there. And I think that, I think that if, if you came to a town and you knew that you could go take a class on glass blowing, I mean, mm-hmm. it would be really cool, right? It would you be. Know? Yes. And yeah. so I think quilting, quilting is a facet. Uh, but I think that for people who are creatives, a lot of times we're creative across the board. And so we're interested in lots of other things. And um, I just think the creative process. So for me, what I really love is the creative process because that's, to me, the healing process. When people, it's not what they create, it's that they do create. Yes. And when they create, um, their anxiety goes away, uh, they, they become healthier, they have something that interests them, they're able to fun, funnel that energy and focus on things that, that make the world a better place. And so for me, it's the creative part that I love. 
And I'm always looking for a retreat that it's like, I want to do that. You know, we all have those, those feelings. And, um, I mean, that's why we use other people's patterns and we make other people's stuff because it's something our brain didn't think of, but it stimulates our, our thinking process. And I just love that part of it. Well, and what's cool, too, is that if you have all of these different activities, it really does become like a family destination because everybody can find the thing that they love and go and do it. And I love oh, that absolutely. idea. absolutely. Yeah, I love it, too. And it's going to be, you know, obviously, it's going to take some time. And, you know, and we've got some things. But like even the fabric dyeing, you know, Alan's like, I want to do fabric dyeing. And I'm like, what you have to remember, you know, is, <laughs> you know, because we had this upstairs um, building that wasn't being taken care of. I said, first of all, it's messy. You have gallons of water. People, uh, you're going to get blue dye everywhere. You know, I said, we have mm-hmm. to really think about this before you bring in lay people to dye. And um, I mean, not to dye, but to dye fabric, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and so it's like, all right, so we have to think about this a little differently because it's probably going to be a, have to be in a, a downstairs area. Maybe it's going to have to be more of an outside uh, venue you know, that kind of thing. And so it takes a lot of thought, but we've, we've got some really good people at the helm and, and, uh, you know, they, they listen to all of our ideas and things like that. And, and, uh, I, you know, I can see things happening with that, but it'll take a little bit of time. Yeah. Can I just tell you a funny story? My parents just moved from uh, the East Coast to Colorado, and they were so cute when they got there. They're like, have you ever heard of this Missouri Star Place? Because they had driven <laughs> right through there, and I just had oh, to laugh awesome. so hard. I was like, uh, yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, you would just love it. You should look it up. I was like, I'll do that, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I just had an interview with some people, and um, and they said, we didn't have any idea who you are, but our family is so excited that we're talking to you because they have quilters in their family. Oh my gosh. So funny. Oh, I love that. Well, Jenny, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. We were so excited to have you on the show. Oh, I love this. To get a little more sense of who you are and who your family mm-hmm. is. And I feel like you've given us just a little slice of, of Hamilton and your family. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.